0: Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with so? Angeline.
1: And today we have, you know, I didn't ask you how you pronounce your first name. Is it Aegis? No, it's not. Oh, it's,
2: yeah. yeah. So let me help you with that, uh, because it's really difficult, even for Greeks, uh, because it's a rare name. My name is Aegis. So this G is like, ye, like yellow, yes. Agis. Agis. That sound. So it's Aegis. Yeah. Aegis, Angeline, worked for me. But... You can call me whatever. I don't
1: care. (laughs) I want to call you by your, you know, what you are called by. So we have Agis here with us. Well done. And he is working on a project that he is going to put on Kickstarter. And we just want to know what your gamer who you are and what your gamer roots are, and then we'll go on to what uh, what you have coming up in the near future.
2: Yeah. So uh, my name is Agis. Correct. I'm Greek, living in London. Thank you very much for having me here. It's an honor, both of you. Um, Well, my background is I was working for many years in the video game industry as a producer and project manager. And at some point, I realized I want to do something on my own. So I created my company. It's called Brave Alice. And our first and current project is RPG Stories. Basically, it's a 3D virtual tabletop uh, that supports all kinds of role-playing games tabletop role-playing games and well I am in love with tabletop role-playing games since I was 12 years old wow so basically I play every week for more than 16 years and all my life is surrounded by fantasy and um, TTRPG things and Star Wars and anything that has to do, that takes you from this um, stupid world and takes you to a a fantasy place where you can have some fun.
1: Cool. So what what was the first RPG that you played?
2: It was the second edition of Dungeons & Dragons. Wow. And I still play second edition. It's my favorite edition for many, many reasons.
1: Wow. So like, obviously, you know, you play D&D, a lot of people, some people never branch out, right? They never play anything else like you. Well, not like you, but there's people who like still play first edition D&D and that's it. Right. But uh, obviously you like other genres. So you mentioned Star Wars. So do you play other RPGs?
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, so what happened with me, because, you know, uh, I grew up in Greece, obviously, and it wasn't famous at all. I mean, you you couldn't find anyone playing these games and it was like a stigma or something. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like back in, the, back in the 70s and 80s in, uh, in the States. Um, so I got lucky because my cousins, and you know how Greek families are. We are like 50 cousins all together, yeah, growing up together. So my cousins used to live in the UK. So during the summer, they were coming back in Greece. And they brought D with them, so that's how it started. Um, and after a few years, I I was like eighteen or something, and I visit uh, I visit them in the UK, and we went in a fantasy shop, and I saw the the rule book of, call of Cthulhu. I think you call it Cthulhu.
1: So if they call Cthulhu,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, well, let's give it a go. So I got the book and I started playing Call of Cthulhu and modern horror games since then, like for four years, no d at all, nothing. Then the third and the fourth edition came and I didn't really like them. So we started playing second edition again. And at some point I was introducing Vampire the Masquerade. So that's... Uh, the three games I play. I've never played the sci-fi or star Wars. I really want to, but I am a star Wars freak and I, um, I, I enjoy the movies and things like that a lot. At a point I'm sure I'm going to play. Um, but yeah, it's mostly D and D Cthulhu and vampire. Wow,
1: for me. Those are pretty popular games here too. I yeah. Think. Those are great,
0: <laughs> great, great games.
2: So
1: yeah. y- your current project, you are, it's a, it's a virtual tabletop and, uh, Obviously, you're an RPG gamer, and you you kind of want to create something that will make playing over the online easier or better. Or what is your what is your goal in your VTT at this
2: point? Okay, um, so there are two different uh, reasons. the The first one is that we we wanted to create a virtual tabletop that will be in full 3D. Right, right. So the the game masters will be able to create everything in a really easy, in a 3D environment. And then the players will be able to join in and play and move the cameras and be able to watch the whole environment, rotate the camera, see every single detail. And when we came up with this idea, uh, I personally thought that I'm the only one that thought about this. (laughs) So I was... I was feeling like really excited, like, oh, my God, this will be amazing. So when I started researching the whole thing, I realized that there are at least three other three DVDs out there. Okay. <laughs> so I got, I got really disappointed. I was literally crying in my room. <laughs> and my wife had to come and calm me down, explaining that it's a good thing that there's a competition out there. You know, come on. Um, so, yeah, we we decided to move on and we started researching how the our competitors work and what they have and you know that we respect our competitors a lot and we keep saying it in our comments um again and again so but we are lucky because we came second or third so we got the opportunity to see the mistakes they did or what features they uh, they never implemented and the audience keep asking for them so we got the chance to Create something that it's unique. Uh, so that that was the dream because you know I was playing in I was playing online a lot in two D like in Roll Twenty Foundry VTT, and I always thought that okay this is amazing this is perfect but it takes so long to prepare everything, and as you progress as a dungeon master as a game master and you want your quest to be to look great. So I realized that I spent more than three or four hours to prepare my sessions. And you know, it's a lot of time. And I thought, how can we make this really easy? And that's what we are doing with RPG Stories, basically. We have created like a, an auto world building mode where basically you can go fully manually, like, you know, place every item and every tile. And spend like hours creating things (laughs) like, you know, like in Sims or anything. But we have like lots of um, auto modes where basically with a few toggle buttons, you can create walls and then shape them the way you like. Right. uh, If you want to change anything. Uh, And that is basically the reason we are going on Kickstarter because we had the funds to create it and almost finish it. It's almost done. I mean, the reason we are going on Kickstarter is to ask for more money in order to create more uh, automatic ways to create your sessions and add more models because we don't want to be that company that you know will get the software out there and then start selling things we want everything to be there i mean all the basic things and all the basic stuff and that's why we also give the opportunity to the players to upload their own models right right but we yeah we don't want to go out there and then you know sell tables or Stupid probes like swords and things like that that they should already be there. Um, yeah, so that was how it started, and we thought as a team that okay, let's make like a, a small demo to showcase things uh, on Kickstarter. But things went amazingly well, and we managed like in five months to create something really solid and almost done, and we are really proud about it. So. Yeah, we never thought that we would be here right now, but here we are, and it's going pretty well. We are very proud.
1: So, creating creating a session isn't uh, the person's not going to have to have like a extensive programming skills, right? Or anything? No, no, like not that. at all. Not right. at all. Not at all. Yeah. Cause so the go ahead. Yeah, go go ahead. Finish. Your no, process. I was just going to say that, like in in role twenty, because I I've been on roll twenty for years now. I don't remember when I started, but. Uh, but it it does take a while if you're like if you use maps if you use uh, creatures in there that you want to use the 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 auto roll you know to to roll on online and stuff or you could go know, back it up and you can not just roll a dice in your in your on in real life but but in, on a session you're right you can take a lot of time to make a session like like I, I think some people say that they spend. For every hour that they play, they spend an hour preparing the session. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know, know. I've been there. And it's really, and some people just don't have the time, right? You know, a lot of people are working and sometimes you don't have all that time to do all that work for a three or four hour session. So,
2: Exactly. And, you know, I personally, me, I really enjoy spending that time in creating walls because it's fun. I mean, I really like it. So I personally use RPG stories manually first of all, because we need to test it. All right. I I mean, but second, now I'm preparing like a quest for tonight Uh, and I'm using RPG stories because it's mine and I can use it already. (laughs) So I'm just, (laughs) I'm just lucky. Uh, And you know, I go like three by three and tile by tile and rock by rock because I like seeing what I'm doing. Plus I get to keep it for my advertising. And I really enjoyed spending that time, but I understand that people would like to have like auto ways to do these things. So basically we we give three different ways. The first one is going manual. Okay, do whatever you want. The second one is basically drawing. So you can get the brass with trees and start adding trees really fast. And the third is going fully auto. Like, you know, I want to generate um, a room that with the AI system, I'm going to say that I want this to be a library. So I just click and I get like a room that it's uh, like a library for people who are familiar with, there is out there a very, very good and amazing software called Dungeon Alchemist, which is not a VTT. It's just a world builder. Right. So we followed the AI system they got. Like you, you just draw a room and pop-ups with all the items in and it's ready. And then you can go and adjust a few things if you like or add more models, if you like. Um, and now we also um, working on a another auto system where basically you will be able to say to the software, tell the software like, okay, I need a forest um, with rocks and just it generates a terrain and it's already similar as that. So you don't have to go like put every tree and then put every rock and then put a path <laughs> yeah. or anything. I We are really proud about it, and we will start now, since this is the last month before our Kickstarter campaign, we're going to start showing uh, on Monday tutorials and showcase videos on how this works, because till now, we are showing, like, you know, more like advancement. We don't show the UI, we don't show anything, but we're going to start this Monday. Cool. So I got a lot a lot of montage to do but yeah.
1: <laughs> so what game are you running tonight on your with RPG
2: stories? All right, yes, yeah, so for tonight I hope that my party is not listening, but I'm going to tell you because I really <laughs> like the story. So this is a campaign in my own personal homebrew world that is called Moonstone. And the name is taken from the famous Amiga game back in the 90s. I don't know if you ever played no, it. i never played it. It's an amazing game. You can find it online and play it. Uh, it's called Moonstone, A Hard Day's Night. <laughs> is that the name uh, of a Beatles song? <laughs> well, no, yeah, but it's A Hard Day's Night, and the word night is as in, you know, oh, a, a night. K, yeah. K, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... So the main campaign is that it starts with the, with the party waking up in a forest. Uh, they don't remember anything. They just remember the names and their skills, you know, that this guy's a wizard, this guy's a paladin or whatever. And they also remember that they are brothers and sisters. Even if they are from different races, they remember that they are brothers and sisters, probably adopted or something but they cannot remember how they got there and they can't remember their past at all they just remember the names their skills and their brothers and sisters that's the that's how it starts and the, the weather is pretty moody and the atmosphere is pretty dark and they kind of get the feeling that they are in their homeland you know because if you transfer me if you teleport me in Greece from how the nature looks, I can realize that this is probably Greece. And if you get me, I don't know, to Finland, I'll get the feeling that this is not my homeland. So they, they, they realize that they are in their homeland, but no idea where or why. They got a map uh, with a letter saying that you should go to that place, but you know, it's a, like a small map, not a wall map. So they cannot really understand where they are and why they were going to that place. So and the first event they get is that they uh, encounter a, a dying orc. this orc weirdly wears the official uniform of the of the uh, army of the main uh, empire. So it's like having an orc wearing, you know, the uniform of the army and being good, like a good orc or something. <laughs> um, And the orc, although it's almost dead, really smiles and is really happy to see them. And it starts talking, but they cannot understand what it says. Um, And anyway, soon they realize uh, that the whole world got united, even orcs and all the evil races, got united, created like a massive army to stop the forces of chaos. And they realize that the world is destroyed entirely. So they are pretty near to the last fort that it's trying to defend. So they get there, they learn the whole story that someone opened some portals and the forces of chaos came, and there's no chance we can defend because, you know, the whole world is destroyed. All our armies are destroyed. We are the last fort. We have like 1,000 soldiers in here. There's no chance we can do anything. And as this happens, the force of cameos came, they come, and there are like 30,000 demons coming. So they, they give this fight in level one or two. And of course, they die because there's no chance they survive this. Once they die, and this is in the first or second session, they wake up again and they feel like they're throwing of a mirror so what happened is that they went to a dungeon they had a quest but they don't remember it uh to see this mirror because this mirror has the power to uh watch the future so they went in the mirror they saw the future now they're out back in the past and they know that in six months the world is going to be destroyed so they have to go around the world saying that hey guys the world will be destroyed, but nobody believes them. Obviously, they, they say <laughs> that you guys are crazy, and the whole party knows that this is going to happen. Uh, uh, anyway, when they go to the to the first city in the past, now in the present, uh, they realize that they are wanted. Being so, they go into the first uh, city and they see that like, the faces, like they are wanted. So for some reason that they don't know, they all they are also wanted for something. Uh, so they cannot go to the authorities and say, "Hey, hello, we know we we saw the future," because they are going to jail. So <laughs> it's pretty hard to. I'm, I'm I'm I keep writing, but that's the main thing, and they will have to somehow explain to all the kings and all the, uh, the the wizards of the world that this is coming. We only have six months, and I'm still composing the quest from there. But that's the main thing. Cool, cool. Do you like it? Yeah, it's yes, very very, cool. very creative, yeah.
1: <laughs> I usually don't get too complicated with my people, but uh, uh, I I don't know, maybe I should try. Yes. <laughs> it looks, it sounds good. Yeah, they're going to hate me, I know. <laughs> You're using, what, uh, second edition D&D? Yeah,
2: this is second edition, yeah. Cool, cool.
1: You said you looked at third edition and, and didn't like it. Is, is at you, all. At all? Wow. No,
2: at all. <laughs> well, the fifth... You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I respect everything and I I truly believe that if the party enjoys the game, then everything's all right.
1: Right, right, right.
2: So if you enjoy this edition, it's all right. What I I don't like uh, with the new editions is that basically it's not the rules, it's the balancing. I don't like this thing where each class is almost equal. Uh, It feels like going away from Tolkien So this thing where the rogue or the thief can do crazy things in order to be equal with the wizard and the cleric and the paladin, I I don't like this thing. I prefer to role-play in the game. Like, you know, Gandalf is really powerful. Frodo is not. Aragorn is just a warrior, but when the time comes, Gandalf will say, your sword cannot help here. Let me do it. So I think that this magic is lost and we are trying, you know, as game designers, we're trying to balance things and it's, it's not role playing. It's just like playing video game with dice. That's the feeling I get from the fifth, fourth and third editions. uh, And I don't like, and you know, when you play second edition, for example, and you play a thief. You progress in level faster because it's easier to learn the skills. But when you're a wizard, you go slowly because it's harder, but you get more power. And this role-playing thing, I, I really like it. So I really like that, that role-playing like, a thief who is not powerful at all. And he tries other ways to survive rather than being the hero and having all these crazy skills where he can... Tumble and do
0: <laughs> yes.
2: crazy things we see in movies, but we will never see in in a book like Lord of Rings or something. So that is why I'm stuck with second edition. Obviously, we homebrew several things, uh, and I understand that the system is hard, but yeah that's that's the main reason
1: i've talked about it on my podcast that i started with original D and it was very it was very like deadly and everything then we got advanced dungeons and dragons and we're like oh yeah they had all these new classes but there was that difference in progression right you you had your experience points for the thief or for the fighter were lower than for the wizard so you're right you progress faster but the wizard was always just kick your butt anyway because unless yeah. you, you know the- unless you
2: Stab him in the yeah. back or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you had to figure out ways to survive. Right. And now you see, it's almost impossible to kill a player in the fifth edition. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. back in the second, you got this feeling that I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> there, you,
1: there wasn't just a feeling; you really could just yeah, die. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We play with a, a GM who always says death is on the table. Cause that way it makes the players not do really silly things. So yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does say that, and it and it and it is a different kind of. He doesn't like. Uh, uh, and in fact, uh, him and his and his friends, the way they run games, they go. I don't. I don't. I don't care about killing characters. You know, if you do something stupid,
2: you're gonna die. Exactly.
1: And they play a lot of Call of Cthulhu too. Your, your yeah, favorite, I mean,
2: <laughs> when when I play Call of Cthulhu. All the dice are open, no screen. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you wanna if you wanna
2: go there, I you went there because you decided <laughs> to go there. There's nothing to do with me. Same with Dnd. And yeah, I mean, also I really like to in D to, to use encounters uh, randomly, not based on the level. So and and that's really cool because maybe I don't know the, the characters are in the level seven or something. And they might encounter encounter a cobalt, which is really easy. So they remember that they are powerful, but there is a chance, a small chance, that they could encounter like six giants. Yeah. Because it could it it could happen. Yeah. So don't go that way. I always give ways for you to escape because I don't want to kill everyone. But if they stay and fight and do stupid things, they're gonna die. <laughs> and, and that is why in all my campaigns spells like raise dead resurrection things like that are really rare and really expensive really expensive so i try to make things more realistic so that they get this fear like let's don't die <laughs> yeah. okay so let's go
1: back to your to your rpg story so you're talking about a virtual tabletop in 3d right so it's not yeah. uh, it's not on a 2d not top down or anything like that Is are people's computers need to be like super huge or whatever to run this software? (laughs) All right. I know, I, because I know, I know it it probably takes a little bit more muscle than uh, I
0: don't think so because I'm looking at it on my tablet. So, (laughs) (laughs) well,
1: that's (laughs) the video, but anyway, I mean, everybody has different computers, different setups. And uh, is that a problem these days? I don't don't know. I'm not a computer expert.
2: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to explain that because that was my main concern. And we spent more than three months having just meetings for that. Uh, because you know when you when you're writing code basically this is a virtual tabletop for tabletop games but it's code so it you you need to treat it like a video game so uh every studio that respects uh the project you want to create needs to spend time to see how they're going to build the architecture so that this could work for almost everyone and So let me say a few things. First of all, this is a 3D virtual tabletop, but we give uh, the ability to the user to upload 2D images and play in top view. And the reason we decided that is because we want, as a company, we want to sell the software and that's it. So if someone is creating 2D maps for the last 10 years and he's paying other software to create maps, we don't want to tell him that, hey, no, this is three D. So if someone wants to play in two D in our software, they they can. But we also offer this massive wall builder where he can build everything in two D, in three D. Sorry. So the uh, the minimum requirements, which are not one hundred percent sure about them yet, because we're testing things and we don't want to lie. They are going to be pretty low. And the reason is that we managed to split the code in two versions. So basically you are able to go and buy the GM version where well, the GM version has the wall builder, all the VTT features, everything in it. Um, and it will probably need like an I-5 to run. Uh, but then we got like the player's version where it has no wall building at all. It's just the VTT. So the player gets to connect Uh, and do the matchmaking with the DM. So you got like the DM who's hosting and four or six or seven or eight or I don't know how many players connected to that host. Uh, And basically, if the internet connection is good, not good, it's just normal uh, and not like shed. Sorry about (laughs) the the world. Uh, They're able to play because we render everything the camera sees. We don't render the whole thing. So if your camera looks forward, you just we just live render what the the camera are seeing. So each player gets the minimum uh, weight of data to upload and see. So that's the first trick. Secondly, we know that uh, that our software looks pretty realistic and we don't use like low poly uh, graphics, but there are several ways to optimize these things. So we got lots of tricks when it comes to textures and polygons and they may see High poly, but believe me they're not. So um, it's not that heavy. So for, my, for example, one of the problems I always had with, you know, even with Roll20 is that my friend had like a, an old laptop and we couldn't connect them to play. Uh, and I said like, okay, I need somehow uh, to solve this. And we are doing our best for that. So I guess it will be like an i5 with no uh, specific graphic uh, card for the GMs and almost anything for the players. So that's the case. And obviously the players version is a lot cheaper. So overall the party needs to spend less money to play all together uh, than they do with the competition. So that's the thing, it won't be really heavy. Um, And we we are running like several tests. So one of the tests we do almost every day when we get a new build, everyone in the team uses their old laptops and the heavy, huge, massive PCs we got. <laughs> and we go to the 3D scene and we put all our models, like more than 1K models. We change the flow. We add anything to see how it will react. And it's going pretty well. So we really care about that. And we think we will be all right. Another trick we've done is that the GM can split his environment into different tabs like in Rule 20. So if he feels like, okay, this scene is really heavy, he can always create in the same project, a new tab and start from scratch. So if he wants to create like a forest that leads to a city, he can create the forest in the first tab and the city in the second. So it won't, it won't get heavy. So we are looking for solutions to help people not have such problems. Um, And most of our things are pre-rendered. So let me give you an example again for people that understand tech. So you have, you can create like a room and then uh, add a table and then start putting books on the table and start uh, adding potions. But you get the ability to save that. And then you you can um, add the table with the books and the potions. As one model and not as like 10 models. So it gets lower and lower in polygons and in data. Yeah. So that's the tricks.
1: The GM is actually hosting. So it doesn't require an outside
2: server, like let's say. No, 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 uh, no. Okay. Okay. That's cool. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm not an expert because as I told you, I'm just the producer and the the director, but it's, you know, no, no server. (laughs) <laughs> it, it will be a huge mistake. I know that people, especially in other platforms, they enjoy like meeting random people and play. So that requires a server. We're not going to do that now uh, because we want to release the software after our Kickstarter campaign as soon as possible. So we will start with peer-to-peer matchmaking, You know, the, the party connects and plays. Uh, so if you have like a basic internet connection, you'll be fine. No lag, no nothing um and if this gets big we are going to consider you know adding the server but we I don't want to go out there and put something that it won't work 100% correctly because I hate when this happens you know when when you buy um, a software or anything and you are trying to play and you cannot connect I I hate when companies do that and I had that problem but let's not talk with for role playing games and our competition, we had this problem with uh, Civilization Six.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah.
2: one of my favorite games. And we play with my wife all day. It's the only reason we fight. Um, <laughs>
1: that's,
2: yeah, that's pretty good. Some, that's not bad. Yeah, it's, that's, that's the only reason we can, fight you know, for just, Civilization. You should consider yourself very lucky. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, and when they came out, the servers were pretty sloppy. And I was like, you are a million dollar company. <laughs> I mean, don't release it if you're not ready. I don't get this. Yeah. And that's that's exactly, you know, when you're where you're an, an indie studio, you care about these things. Yeah. But when you are like a huge company, you don't care because you have the brand. You have the money. You throw it to the world and you say, "Do whatever you want, guys. We're going to fix it at some point." Yeah. They yeah. they do fix it. We'll patch but it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But for us that we are like a small team I won't be able to sleep knowing that I I just sold something to the world that it's not working 100%, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think there's a huge difference between uh, small developers and like a huge company, right? Because it it seems now games come out and they're super buggy and they just have to be patched and patched and patched and patched. Now, I don't mind doing that in a when they say this is like a, a, a open beta or this is still in development, this is early access. But when a big company comes out and puts out, I don't know, I can't remember the last game that was like that, but just comes out with a game. And a lot of a lot of times it's rushed because I know with marketing and and tie-ins with movies and stuff. But still, you know, it is frustrating when, uh,
2: you know, you get in the game. Yeah, of, of and, course it is. Of and it's, you and, can't and, play. And, <laughs> yeah. And they announce it as a final thing. Yeah. And you're like, how on earth did they do that? <laughs> so let me tell you something. We, uh, in all our social media, we say that if you go to our website, which by the way, it's RPGstories.net, um, and subscribe to our newsletter, you get access to our alpha test event for the world building. So we want to run by September um, and a closed alpha for our um, subscribers, where they get to test the world builder. Not the VTT, only the wall build. Right, right. And so we are working for that build. Uh and I had a meeting with my marketing team. And the guy that is basically running the whole thing, the whole marketing thing, went like, I think that we should run the closed alpha before the Tigstata campaign. So let's throw it to the world now because they will see what an amazing product we have and they're going to support the Kickstarter campaign better. And I was like, uh, nope, it's not <laughs> ready yet. We're not going to throw it in the world. And they, the whole team went like, come on, we don't even have bugs. We just want to add more models and change a few things. And the bugs we have are really, really rare. So let's throw it to the world. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to throw something that it's not, 100 ready out there, because you know, and, and it's an alpha test. I mean, we could just yeah. start giving it to the world without caring. So yeah, I don't get how they do this, Um but they do, and it works for them. Yeah. So. Well,
1: they, they um, have. I think they trade. They trade what the reputation and people buy in for. You know, they buy stuff just because they know the brand, right? Yeah. 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 And little companies can't have do that. So you know, obviously, you're very committed to. To putting out a very uh, uh, finished and quality product, and lo- it, lo- it looks neat. I mean, I've seen the videos on on, on Facebook and and, and and other platforms. I, I've uh, your your marketing people, even though they give you, you know, advice that you don't want to take about the putting out the <laughs> album. Uh, they are very; they're doing their job, and it's getting out there because uh, I, I saw I saw the video or the commercial. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, the, the advertisement for it, and then. One of your people contacted me. The the lady in Greece, uh, forget her name. Yeah. I'm sorry, Krisa. Krisa. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, and then I'm like, oh my god, I because I, I I I I had COVID a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And no, it was okay, not too bad. But uh, but I was like out of the loop, and I you know I was stuck in my room, and Jolene didn't let me out, you know, and I was uh, by myself. So uh, she uh, contacted me on Facebook, and I was and I hadn't gone on Facebook for. A while so then I go, Oh my god. So I, I contacted her, but I had already seen the RPG stories ads, and I'm like, oh she's with this company. So that's yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So it looks good. It looks by good. the way, since since this is a relaxed interview, <laughs> this girl, her name is Christina. Christina Let's say Christine. So she's an intern. Okay. And I'm gonna say this in public: she is the most hardworking person I've ever met I mean I beg her to stop and go rest <laughs> we we I mean she's a amazing. she is so passionate and she works so hard for this project and I mean I, I have never ever seen anything like that in this uh industry she is 100 committed and we are so lucky to have her I mean she's amazing and I owe her everything. So, after the eight hours, we just beg her to stop and go rest, like go away. But yeah, she's, she's so passionate. And even now that it's Saturday and Sundays, she is always there. So, like ten minutes be- before this interview, she tagged me, like, "Do you remember the interview?" <laughs> and, uh, and we went, we went like, "It's Saturday, go away." <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she's amazing. She's amazing. Uh, I want to say something. That we we are really thrilled that people like what we do, and we we even seen people fighting in the comments in our ads, like you know, because you know how comments work oh, and yeah, how how people will hate anything they see, anything, anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, it's like you're putting
1: up, to, you're putting yourself up for like a was it open criticism you know you stand up yeah, on a yeah, yeah, you yeah. stand up on a pedal and say what don't you like about me and then everybody has an opinion right
2: yeah everybody has an opinion and we even one of the most common emails we get is that hey you must be a scam because there's no way you have implemented or everything so fast <laughs> so a guy went to a comment and said you are you are a scam and my community manager replied, "Why? What? What? Why? <laughs> what have we done to be scammed?" And he goes like, "Because you don't have prices in your website." And we went like, "Well, we don't because this is a work in progress and we're going on Kickstarter. It's not a final product." Oh, so you promote this as a final product and you saw all this video, but you don't have prices, so you are a scam. And we say, "No, whatever you see is what we ha- have implemented so far." So we get these things. And since you said about my marketing guy, he's from the States. And he, his first advice was to start explaining what we do better than our competition, you know, like creating um, graphics, like we do this, but this software does not. And we do this and they also did things like that. So this type of advertising in Greece is illegal.
1: Yeah. Oh, really?
2: Yeah, you cannot go and advertise uh, against the competition or compare the competition with oh, you. Oh, wow. And, it, and I'm not saying it's not good. It's illegal. Yes. Right. You cannot do that. So when he said that to me, I was like, what? Oh, this, that's illegal. And he said, no, it's, <laughs> said, is, no, it's not. Because this, said, is <laughs> yeah, this is legal. America. Everything's legal. And I said, there's absolutely no way I'm going to do this. And he said, you have to do it because you have... So many more features than they do. You have to, to explain that. And I said, okay, I'm going to show my features, but there's no absolutely no way I'm going to go and say that, hey, we are doing this, but they are not doing right, it. Right. I, I cannot do that. So they beg us to do it. And we just can't. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I prefer not to succeed than trashing uh, right. on the competition. I cannot do that. Yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. interesting.
1: I, I, I hadn't noticed that, but that now that you, you know, you don't need to step on your competitor and try to get up over them. You know, you just, you're, I think people should let the, the, your product, you know, people should
2: let their products speak for themselves. Right. I mean, that's, you don't yeah, need that. I guess. Yeah. I understand why they're asking it, but yes. I mean, I, I, it's, it's impossible for us to do it, uh, it you know, because we grow up in this in, cultural thing that this is not proper and this is not good so it's so hard to do it and we see that they are doing it not against us i mean right right. because we researched their uh campaigns and how they did things and they were doing it like you know in role 20 that they have this but we do that right yeah i have seen mentioning mentioning the name role 20 and mentioning I cannot do that. I mean, it's, it's impossible.
1: <laughs> you obviously have different people working in different areas. How did you get your team together?
2: Just uh, people you knew, or? I'll tell you, I was really lucky. And what happened basically is that I uh, quit from my uh, job from the company I was. And several people quit with me because something bad happened, obviously, and we decided to leave. And I was like, okay, maybe this is the chance. And I contacted some of these uh, people that I really admired, saying that, okay, I have this budget. I have this uh, dream. I want to do that. Are you interested? So that's how it started basically. Then because I was working in the video game industry, I knew a few people that I, I thought they were God, uh, gods. <laughs> like my, my art director, for example, works in EA. So I contacted him and said, hey, remember like 10 years ago, you used to be intern in the company I was working (laughs) and now you're working in EA. Is there any chance you want to do this part-time? Like, you know, during the weekends, do the art leading thing. And he said, yes. So we got like the best art director we could ever have in, at least in my mind. Uh, And yeah, we gathered that way. And Hrisa, the main producer we have, used to be my second hand in another company I was working in. And I made the offer and I was pretty lucky because she, she lives in Greece. So that means um, when you get an opportunity to work for a better company, you always say yes. So she said yes. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this is how we gathered. We're all friends. Uh, and sometimes this is hard because you, you need to be the boss and your people are also your friends. But it works for us; it goes amazingly well, and I'm so proud of the guys because they are giving their best. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, uh, September's kind of right around the corner, and I know you're yeah. busy. You're a busy, man. I've, you know, I've talked to people. Uh, usually, you know, I think uh, uh, putting out a book or RPG physical book or whatever is a, probably a lot easier than putting out software. Uh, but they even say that it's very challenging, and there's certain things that you know, you, there's nobody can ensure a successful Kickstarter campaign, but yeah, uh, but there's things you could do to make it more chances that it will succeed. So, uh, how was that? Was that a, a big learning experience for you? Because like Kickstarter is different than project managing. I guess you know just because you have a project uh, that you're managing or trying to bring to market, yeah. And then and then there's Kickstarter, which is a totally kind of a different beast or different animal.
2: Yeah. So let me tell you. Community building needs time and you need to be honest and let's don't hide here. You need money, you need like a b- budget um, for the advertisement, for the influencers, for people that, you know, because not all of them are willing to do it for free like you do, for example, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we thank you for that. Um, so what happens when you want to run a Kickstarter is that you think how this works, but you don't, like with all things. So you are researching to find the, the proper company that will advise you and la- you always step on people that they just want to get your money and do nothing for you. So you do a few mistakes, you lose some money at some point, you find the, the, the right partner. And when you do, there's not much time left. So you are trying to do all the things you had to do for in, in a period of four months, just in two months. So you turn up working 15 hours per day trying to do everything. <laughs> uh, and it's crazy. But, I mean, I will always remember it as something that, you know, you, you end up to be the expert because now you know exactly what someone needs to do. My advice to the people out there is that when they realize how to do it and they when they are 100% sure that now they're doing it properly and they have like the... Um, a good manager that gives advice and they follow it. My advice is you always need to remember that if this doesn't work probably it's because the product is not good because we tend to forget that we, we tend to say that, Hey, I wrote this book. It's amazing. Um, My marketing plan didn't work. So it must be the marketer's fault. That's not, sometimes your product is not good. And we saw that in um, our early steps, because we were showing things that people didn't want to see. So, when we changed uh, uh, a little bit the art style, when we changed the, the view of the camera, of the shots in the videos, and when we changed the, the, the overall style we were advertising and the things we were showing, then it happened. So, we started getting follows, we started getting subscribers, we started. So, sometimes it's your fault as well. <laughs> um, Another example is that we get a lot of questions if we're going to have rule sets in the system, like roll 20 or other software. I'm bringing the Role20 example all the time because it's the most famous and not, I don't consider them to be a competitor so um, because they are 2D. Um, so we realized that this is really important for the community and we never thought of that. So we said, okay, let's change the design. Let's add rule sets because they (laughs) need that. So we throw out questionnaires asking people what they want without even saying the name, without even saying that, hey, this is for RPG stories. Uh, So it wasn't like an advertising or something. It was just questionnaire. What do you need from a 3 d VTT? So we started asking people what they want. So you have to lower your ego and go with what people want because they are the ones that they're going to use it. So you, you don't have to be like, this is mine, I'm gonna do it my way. No, ask people what they want and they will tell you. And that is why we also decided that when this madness, when this Kickstarter ends, um, we are gonna give the chance to the backers to vote on our final features and models. Like, hey, this is our funds. We can implement like 1000 more models. What, do you, what kind of models do you need guys? So, because there's absolutely no reason for us to decide this. They're right. going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, If they want trees, yeah, more trees. If they want more like pirate packages, then yeah, let's go pirates. So the, we keep saying that the backers will decide how we are going to um, do this. We are implementing the basic when it comes to model, to connection, to VTT, to DICE, things like that. But for the special features and how this will grow after the Kickstarter campaign, we want the buggers to be involved in this because they know what they need and we don't.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Pretty cool, pretty good. Uh, I think uh, any any person or any company that listens to their customer base is probably going to be pretty successful and probably hopefully you'll fund and get your goal and go beyond it. Hopefully, <laughs> Kickstarter is always a weird animal. So good luck. I'll be I'll be looking at what's going on and thank you very much. And uh, hopefully, you seem like a like a very a uh, nice person. I mean, uh, uh, thank you. He, I mean, not not that, I, you know, what. what's really amazing is that I like doing interviews, you know, with all kinds of different people, mainly because I think gamers are just like interesting people and I haven't run, I have run, I haven't come across somebody we've interviewed that we're like, man, I didn't really like that person. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, 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 am not, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not, you know, blowing smoke <laughs> or anything, but I it just, to me, it's like, and Jolene says it all the time. She says, he goes, they're just like you saw. They played games just like you all the time. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I guess I, I that's pretty. You know, I guess that's a pretty good compliment. I, I consider myself a nice guy sometimes. So, but no, but seriously, uh, like every time we do an interview with people, I'm like, man, that guy's well, that person is really neat. I mean, you know, they're just they're just nice people who love the gaming, and I think that's that's an interesting, uh, unique uh, connection that we all have. You know, when we play games.
2: Yeah, it's true. We've seen some weird stuff, um, (laughs) to be honest, and some weird people. Well, Um, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I I don't get why people is so ready and willing to spend their free time to trust something that they don't even know what it is. I mean, if you don't like it, move on. There's no reason to, you know, but yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, I, I don't get it. But there are amazing people out there. I mean, we even, uh, let me tell you something. There is a competitor that is going on Kickstarter after us. The, these guys are from Italy. Um, and at some point we realized that they are coming and they realized that we are coming. So <laughs> we, we added each other. We went to their Discord. They came to our Discord. They followed our Twitter. We followed their Twitter, mm-hmm. but we never spoke because it was this fear that, okay, we have some similarities, but they they are mostly dedicated in DD, yeah. and we are doing sci-fi and modern as well. And we, we are a different thing because they do AR, we don't. So we are not like direct competitors, but we got this, you know, instant fear that oh my god, now now what? <laughs> so at some point I said, okay, I'm gonna send him a message. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um And he was an amazing guy. We ended up talking, sharing our fears, our concerns. (laughs) Uh, We even came up with a strategy how we won't affect each other um, because they are advertising more in Italy and we advertise more in the States. So we came in an agreement and we found ways how not to harm each other. So you can see that there are wonderful people out there. Uh, You just need to go and look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there's not some weirdos
1: out there, and, and, and I've, I have of course heard, they are. I've had heard stories, uh, but uh, but I'm just saying the people we've interviewed. But so far, we've
0: talked... only interviewed nice people. Yeah, so
1: So good luck, uh, Ayis and uh, and uh, we'll you. be looking at your Kickstarter. I'm gonna put the uh, your you know your 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 link in the show notes. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: Is there anything you want to close with?
2: Uh, yeah, me. I wanna I wanna say something. So you will will put the the links, all right? So here's what happens because we are in 2022 and people, I don't know, they they get so much information every day and they get lost. So what happens with us, because we track everything, is that people go to our Kickstarter page, but they never click the notify button. So we get like 200 people per day going in there so that means that they saw something or they had something that made them click the link to go but they don't click the notify me button so one thing i want to say is that it's really important to us to subscribe to our newsletter through our website guys over there and second when you go to that kickstarter campaign just click the notify button it's it's just one click (laughs) and it's really good because you know Kickstarter really appreciates the numbers and they will promote you more. So even if you feel like, hey, I know what RPG story is all about. I'm going to back them. It's okay. I don't need to click the notifying button. But for Kickstarter, it plays a huge role. So just hit that notifying button. button. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. how I want to close this. (laughs) Thank you very much, guys. Thank Um, you.
0: No, we'll put this stuff in the notes, and um, it looks great. I went to the. I'm going to subscribe to the newsletter right now. <laughs> so Perfection. I hit the gonna, button. <laughs> and hit the notify button. <laughs> not- and I'll I'll try to find the notify button. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's <so> really easy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, go
0: to Kickstarter, so. <laughs> I'm, yeah, doing, yeah, I, I I'm
1: the one that I'm the one that's guilty. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Uh, Thank we you very much. Appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man.
0: This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul.
1: And Jolene. (laughs) You have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too, guys. Bye.